Okay, and we're going to start uh, in verse 10. And I'm going to read right through to verse 33. Okay, that's a big chunk, I know. Um, but I'll talk fast and cover a lot of ground like I usually do. Verse 10, straightway, he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, This shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them and entered into the ship again and departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It's because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because we have no bread? Perceive ye not, neither understand. Have ye in your heart, uh, have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes see ye not, having ears see ye not, do ye not remember? When I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, In twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said to them, How is it that ye do not understand? And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught. He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and sorry for man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell to any in the town. Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked the disciples, saying unto them, Who do men say that I am? They answered John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Peter answered, and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders, and of the chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. And when he had turned about, looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Let's pray. Father, as we look into this portion that you have assigned for us, we believe, this morning. Lord, I think many, very often where we are in Scripture is where we are in life. And that being the case, Lord, I pray that you'd give us solutions, that you'd give us insight, that you'd speak to our hearts, that you'd lead us, that you'd guide us, that you'd bless to our understanding. And Lord, again, we don't want to be hearers only, but we're going to take your word and we're going to live it out in a way that glorifies you. And we pray uh, that you'd bless to that end. And Lord, for Carl's dad, Lord, um, you know, all... All life is in your hand, Lord, and I guess at the end of the day, we're good with that. But we pray that you would heal, that you would strengthen, that you would give healing, and Lord, that you would be glorified in 
working uh, in this man's Lord, that you just raise him up and that you give him long life and health and strength. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we left Jesus last time, it was verse 9. He fed the 4,000, right? Uh, and then he sent them away. And verse 10 starts out in straight way. Remember, this is the gospel, it's a straight way. It's like a shooting script. Things happen, you know, at such and such a pace. Straight ways, of, uh, it means immediately, and we see that very often in the writings of Mark. Straight way, immediately, he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. We have no idea where that is. And the Pharisees came forth. Ah, it's in Jewish country, or the Pharisees wouldn't come forth. They generally don't go into uh, Gentile territory uh, because they would defile themselves. So the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. Every time they have a face-to-face -face with Jesus, it, it doesn't go well with them. They end up looking ridiculous, and he, they often come away with the fuzzy end of the lollipop. So they're changing their tactic here. Give us a sign. That, in and of itself, in another place it says, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. He doesn't say... He doesn't call it evil and adulterous here. He says that they're seeking after a sign. Let's talk about this. I think generally just seeking after a sign. How do I feel about that? I want to say this very guardedly because I know some people take this and run with it. Some of you, some of you people are like fleece people. You know? Uh, um, and, and, it's, and I've heard some very dumb, you know, I'm trying to say that I got it, but should I cheat on my spouse? I'm going to put out a fleece. You don't have to put out a fleece. You have to read the Bible. No, the answer is no. You know, you know, and then like, because that's a very subjective thing that this, this, you know, I, I remember, I, I tell the story, you've heard it before. I have a friend of mine, and he was telling me about a bird that he saw on the way to work, and God told him that, yes, for this thing that he'd been praying about, he saw this bird. And I, I don't know. I don't know birds. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a bird person. I, I like them. I just don't know anything about them. And uh, I said, uh, so God told you not to do it. What do you mean? The birds are in scripture. Unless it's an eagle or a dove. I mean, it's bad. You know, they're the ones who take the seed away. They're messengers of Satan. So God sent the bird to you to tell you, because he was telling me how rare and how, un, you know, you never see a bird this far north, this kind. He was telling me. God's screaming at him, don't do this. Because <laughs> again, it's very subjective, right? Even, even Gideon with his fleece, right? Oh, wait a second. I should have asked the verse. Because, I mean, it would, you know, when stuff dries up, the fleece would stay wet, wouldn't it? You know? So, okay, if you're really in this, Lord, I'm going to put the fleece out again this time. Because it's kind of a subjective thing. So next day he swims out to the fleece and it's bone dry, right? He finally gets that God's working in his life. But isn't God telling us something enough? But we're saying, Lord, I'm really wrestling with this. I really, really, my heart hearts don't know. Can you give me some direction? And we look for a sign. So we have a friend come and tell us something. And he would speak, or she would speak right into our lives without even knowing the situation. Is that a sign? I think it's a word, at least. I don't know what you want to call it a sign. But God speaks to us. He, he knows where we're at. 
He knows sometimes we're stuck or frozen in a place. He knows how to get us unstuck. He knows how to meet us. And I don't think a sign in and of itself is a bad thing. I think it is from them. Listen, he's, he's, it's not that he's hesitant to prove who he is. He's already cleansed the leper. Someone who was born uh, deaf and mute. He gave them hearing and speech. He gave them a whole vocabulary. And they've never heard words before. And that's incredible. He's raised dead. He's walked on water. He's quieted storms. A lady with the issue of blood, 18, uh, 12 years. You're healed. He saved people. He's rescued. He taught them. He's given them doctrines. Gee, I wonder who this guy is. The disciples at this point are getting it. And we'll see that later on in the, in the study. Uh, the Pharisees, but they want to sign from heaven. Okay, you fed the 5,000. Okay, you fed the 4,000, allegedly, supposedly. Uh, but, you know, Moses, he fed us with bread from heaven. You know, Elijah called on fire from heaven. You know, when Joshua and he defeated the Amalekites or whatever kites he was fighting there at the time, he said, you know, he stopped the sun and the moon. He, the, 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 the sun didn't go down for a whole day, right, in the heavens. So he's like, would that work? Would that work? Because, I mean, a lot of times, like, oh, you know, give us a sign, give us a sign. Like, if you're, if you're Jesus, come down from that cross. Well, one, I'm glad he didn't, aren't you? He was kind of involved in a very important work at the time. But let's say he jumps down off the cross and pulls the nails off, jumps down. Okay, now what are you going to do? Um, um, well, if you're really the Christ, and he's going to set it, get another hoop he's going to jump through. Because what people don't want to believe, they generally don't believe. That's all there is to it. I'm sorry, but I've seen it a lot of times. Um, there's always another reason why they won't believe. These ones, they're not seeking a reason to believe. They're seeking a reason to disbelieve. And he's like, well, okay, I'm not playing. I'm out. Not, not entering in, not playing. So why does this generation secret? I, there's no, there's not going to be any sign. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not playing. That's what he says. And he leaves. And he left them. Which I think is more than just this is symbolism involved here. No, and he leaves. Because I don't think they're... So you really, really pray for a sign, Lord, really speak my heart. I need you to show up in a really big way and convince me. I don't want to be in this place of doubt. He's a good, he's a good God. Okay? That's a, a pure place. But you play in these games, testing... Yeah, if you're really God, then right now, I was talking to a guy, he, he told me, if God showed up right here, right now, and shook my hand, then I'd believe in him. I thought, like, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You just come up with another, uh, you know, uh, I remember, like, one, one of my friends was saying, if God, why don't you just open the clouds and speak audibly so we can hear him? You mean, like, the time he did? At, and this is my beloved son, hear ye him? And people said, huh, it thundered. You're always going to find a reason not to believe if that's what you're looking for. Always. And God's saying, not playing. Not playing. Okay? And he left. That's just 
scare the living hell right out of you. It should. He will leave. He will leave. You want him gone? Okay. But if you call him, you draw him to him, he'll he'll draw near you. He'll come if you seek him with all your heart. He's promised he will. He left them and departed in the ship again to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship of them any more than one loaf. So here they are, one loaf of bread between the twelve of them. Now uh, he charged them saying, Take heed, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. What's the leaven of the Pharisees? Well, it's hypocrisy. He called them hypocrites. Last time they had that little tete-a-tete. He said, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. You're just actors on a stage. You're not really who you portray yourself as. Wow, the gloves are off. Sometimes he calls the way he sees it. You're saying he doesn't like, love Pharisees? He saves Pharisees. Anyone ever heard of Paul the Apostle? A Pharisee of Pharisees, he, he said of himself. Um, Joseph of Arimathea. Another Pharisee. God loves Pharisees. God saves Pharisees. Sometimes love doesn't look soft and ooey-gooey. We kind of wish it always did, but it, it doesn't. It can't. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You know what? He's, he's doing that parable thing again. He's talking in code. Like the birds of Satan, you know, the, the tree is the church. The, he's got, you know, they got it all down now. They're, they're going to apply that, right? They reason among themselves is because we have no bread. Leaven goes in bread. We forgot to take bread. Now he's telling us. And he's, I think this is important because this is a church that we belong to that connects dots. But it's kind of important that you connect the right ones. You can't willy-nilly just put the scripture in with this scripture and just come up with, you know, uh, I, the silly uh, one is like uh, Jesus, uh, um, Judas hanged himself. Now, uh, go thou and do likewise. What thou doest, do as quickly. There are only a few verses apart. You can connect some dots in a way that God just told me I'm supposed to hang myself. Well, no, of course he didn't. That's silly and it's stupid. We know that. But people connect scriptures and they build it in such a way that you know, those verses don't go together. I mean, they really don't. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees doesn't go with, oh, we forgot bread. And he's going to call them on it. Why reason ye because you have no bread? Jesus is saying, like we'd say, what's the thought process here? Why, why are you thinking like that? Why, why do you connect those dots? Why, why is that a thing? And he goes to explain why it shouldn't be a thing. Why reason ye because you have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, nor understand, have ye in your, have your heart yet hardened? You know what one of the problems are, is with our connecting dots sometimes? We have a hard heart, and we want to connect them in such a way that furthers our cause, our perverted cause. I don't believe in God at all. And now let me show you the verses why I don't. Or I don't believe, listen, there's a lot of people that don't believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, as we'll see in this passage here. And they, they, they will have a verse for it. Oh yeah, they will. Is it, the, is it the verse fitly spoken? Oh no, they'll twist it, they'll pervert it, they'll junk it, they'll use it wrongly, but it will further their end. So they connect dots in a way that 
shouldn't be connected at all. And it's because they have a hard heart. He calls them on what, What's wrong with your heart? What's wrong with your thought process? You, you know, you, uh, are you having hard heart problems? Uh, do you have eyes, but you don't see? Do you have ears, but you don't hear? Don't you remember? When I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragrance took you up? They gave him the right answer, by the way, 12. And he, the basket there is a short little lunch basket, as we would think of it. And he uses that word, by the way. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragrance took you up? It's a different word. It's a big basket. But they got the right answer, seven. He said, how is it that you don't understand? I fed 5,000 with five loaves. Don't you think I could feed you with one loaf if that was the issue? How is it you don't understand? So what he's trying to say is beware the leaven of the Pharisees. He uses leaven as a symbol for sin. Paul picks up on this later on in Corinthians. You've seen this, okay? Uh, don't you understand, you Corinthians? Because they embraced the man who was involved in sin. It was really gross sin. He was living as husband and wife with his father's wife. His stepmother, no doubt. And you say, that's nasty. I, I know, I know. Uh, Paul thought so as well. But the Corinthians, oh, we're just loving and we just, hey, we're not judgmental. We're not into this whole, this is a judgment-free zone and we're just going to accept everybody. And Paul's like, um, no. A little leaven. It leavens the whole lump. By the way, that's how leaven works. Is the Bible anti-leaven? No. No. Aren't you glad? We have these lovely yeast rolls to supper last night. Hey, thank you, by the way. Uh, leaven is fine. It's a wonderful thing. But it's a good picture. You put the leaven in with the, 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 the dough, right? And it injects itself. It permeates the whole loaf. And it corrupts and it puffs up. Okay? And that's what sin does. Now, uh, he's talking about a church when he writes the Corinthians. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. So I want every one of you guys to stop sinning all the time. And don't ever sin because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And God won't bless the church because you're in it and you're doing sinful things. Is that what he's saying? No. The church has embraced the sin as a collective entity. The church said, listen, it's his not about your sin. Repent. When you find yourself in a sinful place, like I do very often. <laughs> Sorry if that hurts your little feelings, but it's true. I repent. I don't try to change the rules of the game to make my sin okay. Don't do that. When you find yourself, the leaven of the uh, Pharisees specifically, hypocrisy, when you find yourself saying one thing and doing another, it's not okay to, like I say, change the rules of the game to try to equivocate in this situation why this is really okay. Repent. It's called sin. But we're okay with the fact that you're living duplicitously, overtly, out there, living a lifestyle that's anti-God. And we say, no, that's fine. That's great. Many churches have done that. Have you seen the rainbow flag? Of course we have that. Of course we have. So I don't care what God says. We say we know more about it than God knows about it. And that's a lot of leaven. Is that leaven the whole lump? In every instance. In every instance. And no, I'm not homophobe. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about my own uh, sexuality, and I'm not afraid of any, I might really be late. No, no, stop. Stop. I'm just teaching what the Bible says. 
okay? Uh, the world changed, it flipped over. I didn't change with it, okay? Uh, we don't, because God doesn't change. Uh, and I think that's hypocritical. I think a, a rainbow flag is very, very, very hypocritical. Look at me, I'm, in, I'm embracing everything, and, and all this is virtue signaling, basically. I'm, I'm holier than thou, but guess what? You're not. But let's keep moving. I, I don't know why you brought that up. Because I, I, I know why I brought it up. Because it really bothers me, and it's just a good example. Don't, don't connect those dots. Don't be hypocritical. How is it that you don't understand? And that was the whole problem. There was leaven, and they were listening. They just had a, a, a face-to-face confrontation with the Pharisees. And he said, listen, there's a good, bad example of that. Don't be like that. Okay, let's move on. He cometh to Bethsaida. Remember, he had already pronounced judgment on Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. Good. This is the first time he heals a blind man in the book of Mark. It's his most often miracle, the restoring of sight to the blind, or the giving of sight to the blind. Sometimes it's congenital, sometimes people are blind from birth. This man wasn't, because he restored in verse 25, his sight. And it's the only miracle, interesting to me, that's a two-part miracle. Why, Adam? I have no earthly idea. And if you know, you can come and tell me about it. But I will tell you some things in response to that, but I don't know why he did it in two, two parts. Um, he took the blind man by the hand. I love that. If you, are you a blind man, spiritually speaking? Will he take you by the hand if you let him? You can count on it. He's no respecter of persons. He took him out of the town. Why? Because he already pronounced judgment on that town. Woe to the woe to the Bethsaida, to Chorazin. If the mighty works that had been done in you had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they had been they would have remained to this day. He says, incredible. So he takes him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, yes, he spit on his eyes. And I know some of you saying, yup, yup, yup. Look, if I was blind, Jesus said, I want to spit on your eyes to make you better. I'd spit away. Okay, do what you got to do, whatever you got to do, okay? Because I would think that would be fine. Does he have to do that? No, of course he doesn't have to do that. He can just pronounce. So why does he do that? Again, if you find out, come and tell me. There's some things I, I just can't answer. I'm sorry, you know, I, I read these things, I study these things, I try to figure out, you know, what am I going to bring? And sometimes I come to the place where, like, God is God, and I'm so not, and, and if he doesn't, you know, tell me, I'm sorry. So he spits in his eyes, and there's, there's all kinds of writing on this. You can read some, some, some uh, you know, commentaries, really good, really good guys who have really studied the scripture, they know a lot. And they're really very insightful and very helpful. And some of it's not. <laughs> and like, you know, the, in this culture, the spit of a holy man was considered, you know, curative and stuff. He's not a holy man. He's God. And, and you think he's like, uh, oh, well, I, I know you think that spit something, so here you go. And he spit. No, he's not. No. No. Does he have to do it? No. Does he choose to do it? Yes. Why? He's... God, y'all, I don't know. 
He doesn't think, I, I scratch my head, you know, like, well, why are you doing it that way? And I, sometimes I have to laugh, you know, he's been God for a long time. One, he doesn't have to check with me, run things by me. I, I just gotta sign off on him doing things a certain way. No, no. Uh, and at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know. His, his ways are above our ways. So anyway, he spits on the guy's eyes and he made him look up. Uh, no, he put his hand on. He spit his eyes, put his hands upon him. He asked if he saw anything. How's it going? Now, does he know the answer to that question? Jesus knows the answer to all the questions. He doesn't ask questions to get an answer. He can ask questions to get a response. So people will say the thing that moves the conversation forward or whatever. Of course, he knows the answer. He looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. Now, I bet he said it very excitedly. Because he hadn't seen anything in who knows how long. I see, I see, it's like men like trees walking. <laughs> Badly said, that was dumb. I hope they don't write that in a book and <laughs> put it all over the world. That would be bad. Uh, but that's what he saw. What does that mean? And now some people will take us back to, you know, Abimelech, um, Gideon's son, and he has that little parable of the cedar tree and, uh, and this, the bramble. And some people take you back to that. And men, uh, uh, kind of like trees in that little parable he teaches. Is that dots we want to connect here? Not in my thinking. Where does that go? I don't, I don't think I see men as trees walking or we should. I think this, he saw something. I see something. It's coming into focus. I don't really see, I remember, okay, he knows what trees look like. He knows what men look like, okay? So he sees something. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Two-part miracle. Why? Again, I don't know. But it creates for us a parable. Parable? Yeah, 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 yeah. Does this happen to you? Because it happened to me. You know, he, he restored our sight. We saw everything clearly. I once was blind, but now I see. Right? That was a little bit more touch-up. We saw some truths. We saw some things. We saw that Jesus was the Christ. We didn't exactly always know what that meant. He had to touch us again. He had to, he had to, there was more work he had to do in our lives before we saw things clearly. Uh, I think if we're honest people, we'll, we'll admit to that. Um, so there's a touch, it's a very important touch, a healing touch, a touch that restores us. Uh, you know, what we sang, just what we sang this morning, I once was blind, but now I see. John Newton wrote that. Was he a blind man? Spiritually, as a slave trader, yeah, I kind of think he was. Did he, his sight was restored? Yes, yeah, spiritually. And when God touched him, he saw everything perfectly? No, he's just like you and he's just like me. He grew in the knowledge of, 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 of the grace of God. In 1 Corinthians 13, very a familiar passage, and I think you can appreciate it too. It's the, it's the chapter on love, right? When I was a child, I, I spoke like a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. We have a child, we have man. Child isn't as all saying as a man. He's not as wise, hopefully. And hopefully, child of God, you put away these childish things after a while and you become a man or woman of God, okay? For now we see through a glass, darkly. Oh. You, you 
don't have the whole picture. Like when I I realize that when I teach, I try to be very humble. Sometimes I want to be. This is what Bible says. That's all. We're not we're not debating. It's it's very clear. But sometimes I'm not like that because uh, this is what I think. This is what my takeaway is, and this is how I think you can use it to further your life in God. But I but I don't want to be like very very assertive. What? Because <laughs> I see through a dark glass, a glass darkly. I see through a mirror. It's kind of. But then, face to face, what's then? On the other side, when we go on to be with the Lord, we're going to see in a way we've we, I, I, I tell you, you're going, to, you're going to realize, oh my goodness, this is why you invented eyes. I. I'd like to explain it to you, but I have not seen, nor hath e'er heard, nor hath entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. Right now we see color. Right? Roy G. Biv. You see the color spectrum. What happens there when we see too often? Through a glass darkly. I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. I think, you know, I'd love to explain that. You want to sit in your happy place with this book open and look at that verse and be prayerful and God can take you to a place where I could, I could never anyway. I shall be known. I shall know even as also I am known. But let's say that for another time. Right now, I don't know, sometimes I think we see men as trees walking. And we need to be brought to that place where we see every man clearly. He sent them away to his house saying, neither go ye into town or tell Teddy in the town. He says that very often. We've talked about this a whole lot of times. Jesus went out uh, and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, on the way, right? He kept asking them. That's the sense of the verse here. He's asking his disciples, saying to them, who do men say that I am? Notice Jesus doesn't say, who am I? Oh, he always knew who he was. I think we have to find that out sometimes. He never did. Okay, I just, he, he just, who am I? Where am I? What, what is life all about? No, he knows those things, okay? He just does. Who do men say that I am? And they give them the answers. Uh, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elias. Uh, Elias and others one of the prophets. Depending on whose account you read, some say it's Jeremiah. And I, I see all these things. I see, I see these aren't pejorative terms. If you called me Elijah, I wouldn't be mad at you. I don't think they're, they're saying, okay, John the Baptist, his whole message was repent, right? He died. Uh, he's in prison. Jesus takes up the mantle, and his whole message is repentance. I, I see how some people could confuse that and, and say, yeah, he's John the Baptist. You know, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, we see Jesus, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stones the prophet and kill them that are sent unto thee. You know, I would have taken you like a, like a mother hen under my wings, but you would not. This, that's very lamentable. There's, very, there's tears there.
Uh, yeah, you know, Elijah, the miracle guy. Elijah did a lot of miracles. Jesus did a lot of miracles. And by the way, doesn't it say Elijah's going to come? Here he is. Yay, happy day. None of those people who say any of those have the full picture. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Jeremiah, the better way to say this, John the Baptist was a Christ type. Jeremiah was a Christ type. Elijah was a Christ type. All of them, and very many more, are a composite Jesus Christ. And nobody has the whole, nobody's that whole thing except, except Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's like those. And, and you know, I think that we do, we have a tendency, and if we're not very, very careful, the part where Jesus is like mixing it up with the Pharisees, and we don't like confrontation, we kind of shy away from those passages, and we kind of make him, well, like the part where he blesses the little children, because I love children, and it's so cool, and it's so wonderful, and Jesus takes the little children, and he blesses them, and that's so cool, I love that about him. And we kind of, we make Jesus, we conform him to our own image. How we want to perceive him. He does bless the little children. And he does duke it out with the Pharisees. He's, he's both of those things. He's, he's, he is who he is. Don't, don't, don't change it. Don't make it something that's more user friendly. And I say, like I say, we all have those tendencies. And he saith unto them, But who say ye that I am? It's the question. It's, it's, it's the, the only question. It's the most important for sure. Your answer determines your eternity. And if you say John the Baptist, swing and a miss. That's a fail. That's a, that's a very, like I say, the people who are saying this, I don't think they're necessarily evil people. And I don't think you're an evil person in the sense like, you get this wrong about Jesus. You're horrible and I hate you and you're despicable. I'm not, I'm not calling him wicked. But this is a really, really important subject. I am Because <laughs> I, you gotta be checking it. You were snoozing. That's fine. Now you can sit and pay attention. This is the, this is the part of it. Who do, who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. Now, in Matthew 16, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Here, Thou art the Christ. Mashiach, in Hebrew, Messiah, Christ. Correct. What is he saying? He's the Savior of the world. And I would just humbly submit to you. If you don't know him as Savior, you don't know him at all. If you think he's the carpenter from Nazareth who pats the little kids on the head, that's good. You, you're correct about that. You're not wrong. People who believe that died and gone to hell. It's, it's the wrong answer. It's not, it's, not, it's not a complete answer. Yeah, you're right. And he goes on to say, in Matthew, blessed are thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah. What's Bar-Jonah mean? Bar, Bar son of the, what'd you say? Son of Jonah, yeah, but what does Jonah mean? What? 
dove. Son of the dove. Now, are those dots you want to connect? Because the dots I want to connect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we're, yeah. The Holy Spirit re revealed that to you. The dove, the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Blessed art thou, Simon Bar Jonah. Because my Heavenly Father revealed that. Is it a revelation thing? Is it a discovery thing? Because I gotta tell you something. At the end of the day, you can look at the Discovery Channel. You can watch the History Channel. By the way, don't. Anything about Jesus on the History Channel? Oh, yeah, yeah. People taking them on. I'm gonna say something very pejorative. Um, no, Lord, who is who is Christ? Who is he to me? Who should he be? Again, if you seek for him with all your heart, he said, "I'm not. I'm not playing hide and seek. You want me? You can find me. If you don't want me, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Get open the door. Then I mean, hears my voice and opens the door. Come in to him. Sup with him." Talking about fellowship and him with me. You don't want him. He's he's a, he's all right with that. I mean, he's I wouldn't be all right with it either. But he's okay. You're 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 in charge. You're sovereign of your eternity. And if you don't want me, but he will reveal himself to all that ask. You see, you find. You knock, it'll be open to you. You ask, and it'll be given to you. Unless he's a liar, and he's so not. He's the Messiah, he's the Christ, he's the Savior. We like him when he pats children on the head. We don't like him sometimes when he's Savior. Why? Because that means I'm a sinner. And that means, now that opens a whole can of worms. Well, you're a sinner anyway. You might as well deal with that. Can of worms or no. And it's a good thing that you find it out. You, it's a good thing you reach out to salvation. He charged them that it should tell no man of him. Why? This is the whole thing. This is very important, is it not? I'm telling you of him right now. And he straightly charged Don't tell. Why? Because they didn't have the whole picture. I think I do. Not the whole, whole picture, but I have enough to tell you. He's the savior of the world. I don't see him like a tree walking. I see him as he is. I don't, I'm not going to tell you he's Jeremiah or, or Elijah or a prophet. I'm going to tell you he's Messiah, the son of the living God. And he began to teach them, okay, now that you know who I am, there's some other stuff you got to know, because this is still in the trees, men like trees walking stage, okay? He's going to add some 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 meat onto the skeleton. They got what they got. It's good. It's, it's the correct answer. Now here's what you got to know. What does it mean to be Messiah? Well, he's gonna, he's the conquering hero. He's gonna take Rome and store them out. He's gonna restore the kingdom and he's gonna be mighty and he's gonna rule and reign for a thousand years. Well, he is. When he turns. You know, there's a lot of verses. They're gonna, I didn't hide my face from them and plucked out my beard. I didn't, I didn't turn my back from them, you know, smoking and stuff. Uh, there's, there's a lot of verses. Did you take them here to like Psalm 22? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Did you take them to Isaiah 53? 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Did he take him here when he started teaching them this? We don't know. We don't know. But he began to tell them, Son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. So in chapter 8, 9, and 10, he mentions this and he keeps mentioning I don't think they get it. I think the whole thing, like when he's arrested, it's like a big surprise and a big shock. And he told them, and he told them, and he told them. This is what it means to be Messiah. I'm going to be killed. And after three days rise again. Did they understand it? Because he did, he was killed. And three days later at the tomb saying, okay, wait till you see this, it's going to be excellent. But what did he, did he tell them? Yeah. Why didn't they perceive it? Because like you and I sometimes, we have ears that don't hear all the time. We have eyes that we don't always see. And here he's telling them, has God told you something? You didn't get it? No, he's good. He's a good show. He'll be back around. He'll tell you again. And he'll remind us and remind us and remind us because I don't know about you, my brain leaks. I, I have to, I constantly, I read the Bible, right? So I got it. I, re, I got to read it again, I think. Maybe I maybe I let a verse or two slip, slip out, right? Keep putting it in, keep putting it in, keep focusing, keep meditating, keep taking it in. Yeah, I'm going to, the Messiah, that guy, he's going to be killed and have three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. This is the, the, the teaching. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. No, I don't think you get it right, Lord. Uh, what uh, do you not understand about ruling and reigning? What don't you understand about every man under his fine, under his fig tree? What don't you understand about ruling with a rod of iron? Neither shall they learn war anymore, and the lamb lying down with the wolf. And the, what? Um, there's a lot of verses here, Jesus. I don't think you're taking it all, that all into perspective. You remember when he fed the 5,000? He constrained them to get in the boat. Why? Because John tells us they wanted to take him by force and make him king. They didn't have an idea of who Christ was. Listen, there's many people who don't have an idea of who Christ is. Many, many, many. He's the means by which I can get a lot of stuff. Live your best life now. He's uh, the religion I was brought up in, he's the son of Mary, Mary's boy. It's a lot about Mary and a little bit about Jesus. They had it right. It's, you know, he's the son of God. But he wouldn't really save me. He wasn't a savior, not like I know him now. He, didn't, he doesn't save anyone from every, anything in that religion. Now in the Mormon religion, he's the half-brother of, of Lucifer. And God wanted a plan to save mankind and Lucifer had a plan, and Jesus had a plan, and God selected Jesus' plan, and Lucifer got angry and became the devil. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> um, you know, I saw something about Masons this week, about Freemasons, not Brick Masons, respectable, honorable people. Uh, Freemasons, they're... I never talk about this because every time I do, I get like a lot of. Oh, my grandfather was a Mason. He was a really good guy. He was a 33rd degree Mason. 
He wasn't. It's Luciferian at the top of it. Adam, I can't believe you say that. They can easily prove it. Easily prove it. The Masons, Lucifer is the good guy, came to heaven to save us, and Jesus is the bad guy. Say, not really. Easily, easily proved. To uh, many people in America, yeah, Jesus is a good guy, good teacher, right up there with Andy Sullivan, an avatar, a uh, divine master, uh, and they put him in all these different categories. And Peter said, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Jesus gives him an attaboy. Listen, don't get this question wrong. Um, it's going to be asked by someone who can administer the tests better than me. And your answer before me doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. The same person will ask it here, will ask it in eternity. And at that point, you have, you have to have the right answer. I know the answer. You're my God. You're my Savior. You're my life. My great joy. My everything. Yeah, you saved me. Thanks. You're my... Anyway. Peter, no, no, no. Jesus, you're not looking at this right. Remember, Peter's going to grab the sword. He's going to take on the whole Roman army. Me and Jesus, we got this. Right? He's not calibrated right. Don't tell anyone for a reason, because you don't get the whole picture. You're still men like trees walking stage. I, I don't think you've got that clearly vision yet. And then Jesus, it's evident by what, uh, because of what Peter says, that's why Jesus says, don't tell anyone. You're not going to die. What are, you, what are you talking about? You're going you're to be killed. You're going to be rejected. You're Jesus. I mean, come on. Everyone's following you. The, the multitude, you see them? They're all like chanting your name. There's Jesus mania out there. It's crazy. We can't even go to town. Everyone loves you. It's not going to be... It's not, you're going to die? You're going to be rejected? Impossible. Jesus recognizes that voice. After 40 days of fasting in the wilderness, that same voice says, listen, 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 you want the world. You want the kingdom of the world. You want everybody. I'll give you it. Easy peasy. Worship me. We don't have to do the cross, Jesus. We can go right around, circumvent that, and get right to the... Peter's saying the same thing. Slightly different. He's not offering the world. He can't. When he turned about, he looked on his disciples and rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan. He called Peter Satan. Was Peter Satan? He was saying something that was satanic. The, the glory without the cross. Salvation with no blood. Get thou behind me, Satan. Satan, for thou savorest not. You know what it is to savor. I, I got a wife who's like, when she cooks, angels sing. I savor. I put stuff in my mouth. It was moose the other day, and I was just like, mm, 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 mm. I, I know what it is to savor. You, you savor? Yeah. 
Food mostly, right? We have an idea that gives us great, listen, Jesus is coming back and he's going to right all the wrongs. Really, every man will be under his vine, every, uh, under his fig tree. Let's say, there's plenty. There's going to be, there's going to be homelessness in the kingdom? I don't, I should think not. Will there be war? Neither shall they learn war anymore. They're going to uh, beat their swords into, into pruning hooks, uh, into us. There's plowshares and there's spears and the pruning hooks. Neither shall they learn war anymore. You say that? I do. And anyone who says all these false things about Jesus, he's going to come and he's going to explain it to them more fully. I savor that. Do you? I mean, what is your mind on anyway? What are you thinking about all the time? What do you, what do you savor? Peter savored the kingdom without the cross. And it can't happen that way. Some thought two saviors. Same savior, two coming. First time to save humanity. Second time to make all things right for rule and reign for a thousand years. I always say, coming to a planet near you. Soon. Not soon enough to sue me. Get me behind me, Satan. Thou savest not. Things will be of God, but the things will be of men. So what about us? That's the that's the that's the only question that something like this we get we can leave with. Us. I mean, look, what about us? The question. But whom say ye that I am? He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. I want you to know that. Um, pray with me after, okay? I don't know that, Adam. I don't, but I want to. I want him to be my savior too. We'll, we'll pray. It's not undignified, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you to do anything, you know, un, unworthy for man. Uh, we've all come to this place, somebody say amen, where we, where we reached out to Christ for salvation. We don't have all the answers. As a man, it's really hard to admit, but it's also very true. I say as a man, as a person, we need help, we need salvation, we're sinners and we need saving. Let's pray. Our, uh, worship leader is going to come and, uh, Gonna give us another song here. He's gonna tell me what it is so that I can put it on. You already got it on there, good man. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, thank you for this word. I hope I didn't Charlie Brown. I hope we were clear enough. Lord, we want to see you as you are. We want to see men clearly as you see them. Lord, uh, bless this. And Lord, help us to not be hypocrites. Help us to beware the leaven of the Pharisees. And Lord, bless us that we might know you a little bit better. And Lord, that those who don't know you at all, that this would be the day. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.